Okay, let's get into Parchas Baha'aloscha. And we start off with a thought from the end of the Parsha. Again, we are still uh, a week ahead in Eretz Yisrael, and uh, the next uh, couple of months is the last live Parsha shear here from, uh, from Beit Shemesh. The last couple of months, it'll be from our, uh, our summer home in Camp Cayley, but uh, we will stay uh, a week ahead online to, uh, to make sure that everyone has it in time uh, for the Divrei Torah on Shabbos. So we start off Parsha Baloscha with the end of the Parsha, and then we'll get back to the beginning of the Parsha. Remember, the end of the Parsha discusses the uniqueness of Moshe Rabbeinu and the fact that his siblings did not appreciate his uniqueness as Miriam and Aaron were involved in a chait, and that was the impetus for HaKadosh Baruch Hu to declare his uniqueness of being a Navi. And that's what the Torah tells us. Towards the end of the parasha, every other Navi, I appeared to them in a dream, in a vision. Not my Moshe. In my entire house, he is the, he is the one that is true. I speak to him face to face, mouth to mouth. We discussed in the past the differences in halacha, differences that the Rambam brings between Moshe Rabbeinu and the other Nevi'im. But the question that we're just going to deal with now is what is the connection between the two phrases that appear one right after another? He is the one that is the most ne'eman, the most trustworthy in my house. In the very next passage, I speak to him straight. There is a sharp thought quoted here in the Torah Ladas from the Yalkud Ha'urim. It's source number one. He quotes the Gemara Meseches Yoma, which tells us, the Isa Sham on line three, line two, Man de Mishto'i Bahadi Reishlakish Peshuka. Whoever Reishlakish used to talk to in the Shuk, Yahivin Le Iska Velosadi. You knew he was trustworthy. Reishlakish wouldn't talk to just anybody in the Shuk. Whoever Reishlakish spoke to in the Shuk, you could do business with him even without having Adim witness the event because you knew. You knew. Rishlokish held selective company, which is fascinating knowing Rishlokish's background, as we know what uh, he used to be before Rabbi Yochanan was Makari of him and made him his brother-in-law. But Rishlokish reached a level where if, he, if you saw him talking to Rishlokish, you knew he was a special man. So what does our Pasuk say? Lo avdi Moshe. He is the most amazing. What's the raya that Moshe Rabbeinu was so unique? Pal pal daberbo. Because I speak straight to him. And if HaKadosh Baruch Hu, if we happen to see HaKadosh Baruch Hu speaking to somebody directly, we know he is a ne'eman. only spoke to one person directly, pal pal. So, that's like Reish Lakish, Lahavdil, but that is what uh, is alluded to in these two phrases. And then he ends off by saying, Vizui Kavanas HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Shamar Torah, that's what he says, that Maimon Harsinai was going to be, Bavur Yishma Ha'am Imach, they, Hashem tells Moshe, they will hear that I am talking to you, Vigam Becha Ya'aminu Lo'olam, and that will bring emuna. In you, and not only in me. Same idea. If they hear me speaking to you, so then you know that it's uh, somebody special. Right? Many times we see an Adam Gadol, you see our big Rav, you see a very important person speaking to somebody like, oh, who's that? Because you know that they must have some special uh, st- uh, place, some spe- special position. If they're, if they're unbelievable, the CEO, the boss, 
The Gavar Rabba is speaking to them. They must be special. So if HaKadosh Baruch Hu is speaking to Moshe Rabbeinu directly, so we know he, was, he is someone special as well. Okay. So we get started at the end. Now let's go back to the beginning. Again, Bahaloscha is jam-packed. Famous uh, comment of Rav Salvechik, one of his favorite parshios. Every so many different stories here in Baaloscha, uh, and we start off with the beginning, and that is Baaloscha Taneros. The pasuk tells us, "Vayidaber Hashem Moshele Mar." Hashem tells Moshe, "Daber El Aharon Viamarta Elav." Tell Aharon. Remember, we are still continuing the Chanukah Samishkan. At the end of last week's parsha, we know at the end of Sefer Shmos. We have the Mishkan built on Ashras Ashrina. Halachus, but now the beginning of Amidbar, we're back to that state, right? The Chanukas Ha Mishkan, all the Nasiyim brought their Karbanos. And now Hashem tells Moshe to tell Aaron about the Menorah. When you light the candles, El Mul to the opposite, the face of the Menorah, Ya'iru Shivas Haneros. When you light the candles, they will light seven candles. The seven candles will light. What exactly does that mean? That they will be El Mul and the Shivas Haneros will light. So Rashi tells us El Mul El Mul Ner Ha'em Sa'i She'eno Bekanim El Abaguf Shel El Mul means Towards the middle stem, as we know, the menorah on of the base of Mikdash had seven branches all together. That's one of the one of the five hundred answers of the base Yosef's kasha of why Hanukkah is eight days and not and not uh, seven days. There was enough oil to light the first night. So one of the answers given is that well, we couldn't have a seven branch menorah because that's an isadaraisa to copy the one that was in the base of Mikdash. Okay, one of the five hundred answers. But says Rashi here that El Mulpane Menorah, all the candles face the middle one. Ya'iru Shivas Haneros, Rashi continues, Shisha Shal Shesha Sakanim. There was the middle branch, and then the three that went on went out on each side. Machlokas Rashi Rabbam, whether they were curved, rounded, circular branches or straight branches. Right, depending on uh, if you look at any of the picture books of the Kalim, so they choose one or the other. So one of them is right and one of them is is not. But Yehiru Shavas Haneros. So towards there, Rashi says Shishal Sheishes Akanem Shlosha Habizrachim. The three on the east side, Ponim Lamolha Em Sa'i Hapsilo Shabahen. The wicks. What do you mean they face the wicks? The Kohen lighting the menorah. Make sure the wicks are facing towards the middle. So the flame is towards the middle. V'chein Shlosha Habma'araviim. And so too the three on the west. Rashi Hapsilos Lamolha Em Sa'i Lama. Why are they all facing the middle? Uh, branch. So people don't think that, oh, the menorah is there to give off light. Right, they will give off light, then you'd have them facing out so that there could be more light. We don't need light. Even in the Hechel, Kodesh Baruch Hu doesn't tell us to light the menorah to give off light, but rather it is for the mitzvah, for the symbol of Hashra. Sashchina, as the Gemara says in Mesech Shabbos. Good. This is the Rashi in the name of the Chazal. The question that bothers the Mepharshim, we've touched on this question in the past, is if we are lighting all the wicks in order to face the middle one, so how many wicks are facing the middle one? How many candles are facing the middle one? It should see six candles are facing the middle one. The middle one doesn't face itself. The middle one is standing, and then the other six are facing the one in the middle. So what exactly is meant by Yairu Shivas Haneros? The seven candles aren't facing the middle, and the six candles are facing the middle. 
That's a question implicitly of Rishonim, explicitly of Achronim. So we'll start with the Rishonim, we'll start with the Me'iri. The Me'iri does not ask the question, I'm sorry, the Sfarno. The Sfarno does not ask the question, but he's obviously answering the question. He's bothered by the question. Again, Ya'iru, if they're all Mulpanei Amenorah, there should only be six Mulpanei Amenorah, not seven Mulpanei Amenorah. Says the Sfarno, Bahalos Chas Haneros, Kishetadlik Es Sheish Haneros. So he already has that in, that the first phrase of the Pasuk is referring to the other six. When you're lighting the other six candles, El Mulpanei Amenorah. Why does he say that? Because the middle one doesn't face itself. When you're lighting the other six, but when you light the other candles, Face them towards the middle. Shehu hakaneha emsai, which is the middle one. Vizeh kishetifne shalheves kol echad meashisha neiros alakana emsai. Thus says the Svarno. Once I'm facing the outer six, three on each side, to the middle one, all together, you know what's going to happen? All seven candles will be lit properly. That's how you read the pasuk. It doesn't mean, you don't say it's one big phrase. When you light the candles, El Mopre when you do that, then all seven will be lit. No. Palos Chesaneros, El Mopre stop. When you light all six, the outer ones facing the middle one, then all together, put all the Neros in one mitzvah, Ya'iru Shivas Haneros, then the seven candles will light. Kol hashiva ya'iru v'yashpiu or el yonli Yisrael. All the seven will light and spiritually influence, bring down the upper light uh, to Am Yisrael. That's how you read the Pasuk. The second half of the Sfarno we discussed a number of years ago. So we didn't focus on this part, but the other part of what the symbol of the ones on the right and the ones on the left, the ones on the west, the ones on the east. He says those symbolize the Yisachar Zavulins of Am Yisrael. On the, sec- on the left side. Vishakain Roy, and this is not our, our issue now, but let's just read it because we're here. Vishakain Raui, Shekavanas Hamayminim, Haoskim Bechay Olam, those who are dedicated to be involved in Chaye Olam, in spiritual pursuits full time. Vahamas Me'ilam Haoskim Bechay Shah, and those who are Kovea Itim Torah, but they're not meant to be involved in spiritual pursuits full time. Haozrim Lamayminim, that support the Maiminim. Ka'amram, ilmale alya lo miskaime yaskalia, as the Gemara says, tiyala hafik ratzon akel yisparach. All Jews are facing the middle light. The middle kaneh symbolizing the light of the Shechina, the right side, the left side, all of those are, are symbolizing the uh, different jobs and functions that Am Yisrael have. They are all facing the middle. Klomer, at the end, bein kulanu nashlim kavanaso. Amongst all of us, we are now Mashlim HaKadosh Kavan. Wonderful. Answer number one. So again, how could all seven be facing the middle one? It's not true. The six are facing the middle one, and the Shiva Saneros just means once we light them, then they're all facing properly. So that's one answer, but there are two others amongst the Achronim. Let's see first the words of the Klayakar, two of the greats of Prague that we are getting into right now, the Klayakar and the Maharal. A little opposite order. The Maharal was before the Klayakar, but they're buried right next to each other, about the five-second walk away. I was supposed to be there a couple of months ago. The Klayakar and the Gur Aryeh, the Maharal. Says the Klayakar, source number three. Right? The six candles. Lo The Omer Ani. Let me give an answer. Shahamamar el Mopne Amanora Koyashalamala Velokasha Midui. 
similar to the Svarno, but then he goes his own path. He charts his own, charts his own way. It's not difficult. This Pasig is not telling Aaron what to do. Right? It's background. When you do this, then this is going to happen. This is not the source for the mitzvah of Halakas Neros in the Mikdash. That's a different Pasik. Gotta look back into Tzaveh and elsewhere. But this is just saying a reality that will take place. Hashem tells Moshe, when Aaron lights those candles, Ya'iru Shivas Haneros. What does that mean? Point number one. Keep that in mind, says the Klayakar. And also, we might add, a question of others. And Aaron did it. Of course Aaron did it. What, he wouldn't have done it? Aaron Akoin, he wouldn't have followed instructions? Ella as he expands on Rashi in the name of Chazal, the point of lighting all the candles and the wicks facing the middle is to show that Hashem is not doing this for the light. That's not why we have this mitzvah. Hashem wants all of them facing the middle one to be motzi from those who might think that the kalim in the Mishkan serve a very practical mundane purpose, we need to uh, prevent people from thinking that. Says the Kleyaka, but wait a minute. Would Hashem command a mitzvah purely to make sure that people don't mistake the, the, the message of the menorah? Is that it? Is that the only reason why they're facing in Lola Orahutzarech? Ach Amar Hashem Derech Hashem didn't command. Light it this way so that. Light it that way because I told you to light it that way. By the way, it also solves a problem of people being misled to think that we need a, a, a lantern or a candelabra in the base of Megdash or in the Mishkan. Ach Amar Hashem Derech Hoda'ah. Lomar Hineni Modiach Hamereshes Davar Acheres Davar. Vihu. And he says, People aren't going to get mistaken about this. Uz. But once you do that, and here's the Klayakar's edition, Ya'iru Shivas Haneros is not going on the six facing the middle one. That's going on the conglomerate of all seven. But saying to Aaron, if you do what you're supposed to do with the proper way of lighting... I'm going to make your menorah burn forever. And I'm going to make them eternal lights. Unlike the, the Svarna, who said it's all talking about the menorah. When, when you light the first six, then ultimately all seven will be lit properly. Says the Klayakar. When you light the six, which obviously that's what we're talking about, then all seven, if you light, lit it properly, facing the middle, then all seven will burn eternally. What do you mean eternally? We don't have them burning bizman hazeh? So says the Klayakar. What do you mean? That's the Medrash found in the Ramban. The beginning of our Parsha, which is very popular to discuss. Chanukah time. But it's right here. Parsha's Baloscha. Remember the Rashi, Rashi quote, or, or the Ramban expands upon it. Aaron Akoin was very bothered. 
every Nasi from every Shevet brought Karbanas on last week's parasha. Aaron was like, what about me? What about the Kohanim? We're not taking part in this. Hashem says, don't worry. Shalcha yoter mishalahem. You have something even better. What's that? Balos chazaneris. How is that better? How is that better than Karbanos? So the Ramban quotes the message and the Medrash, Neris Hanukkah. We have no Karbanos anymore. But we have the menorah eight days a year, which as we've discussed in the past, has many parallels to the menorah in the Beis Hamikdash. We light in Shul and various other uh, halachas and minhagim related. So that's what the Pusik's referring to. You light the six properly, then all seven will let, and it turns into eight, Ya'iru Shiva Saneros, it will last uh, forever. Number two. And he continues, if you turn over the page, you see the continuation. He quotes the Medrash from the Chashmonai and the message of Hanukkah, uh, which is obviously Hashras Ashkina. The Yavanim wanted to uproot that from, from our Mikdash. You can have your base on Mikdash. Just don't think it's holy, don't think it's anything special. Right? Don't think the, the, that there's a special connection between HaKadosh Baruch Hu and Am Yisrael. Remember the, the, the Chazal that says that we had a right on Karen Hashor. Kisu al Karen Hashor, which was the biblical bumper stickers. Right? Right on your, the horn of all your oxen. Ein l'cha chelep elokei Yisrael. That's what we had a right. And Davka Chanukah is all about the menorah. The menorah is the Hashra, Hashchina, that's eternal. And says the Klayaka, that's what's being referred to in, in our case. But then there's a third idea. We have the Svarno, the Klayakar, and now we have the Maharal. The Maharal himself quoted a number of opinions. I didn't give you all of them. He quoted the Mizrahi and others. And then he says, but let me tell you what I really think. Top left of the page. Omnam hapirish ha'amiti. Asher hu The Maharal doesn't say that so often. This is the real pshat that is clear and MS. Ki hakasuf omar. El mol shivas Veloksiv Shiva. It doesn't say seven candles. Shiva Neros. It says Shivas Haneros. What's the difference? Shilu Kasavlacha El Mul Pneamanora Yairu Shiva Neros Hayakasha. If it said seven candles, Shiva, so then you have a problem. Fahare Loha Yu Shiva Neros Meirim. Rakshisha Neros, there were only six. Aval Shivas. Shivas is the word that you take seven and when you're talking about the conglomerate, you're talking about a unit, not a number of individuals. And when you talk about a unit, says the Maharal, you don't have to be talking about all the individuals. I'll I'll jump ahead for a second because he gives an unbelievable muscle at the end. I'll jump ahead. When we say a sword, the the, the knife cuts. This is a good knife. This knife cuts very well. The, the handle of the knife doesn't cut. It's the tip of the knife cuts. That's what cuts. But we say the knife cuts. Because we talk about it as a unit, even though only part of it is being referred to. That, says the Maharal, comes up very often in biblical language. Shiv'asaneros could be referring to the six. You don't have to come up with the Svarno, the Klayakar. No. Shiv'as means part of the Shiv'as. Rak al aklal shiva. Shivas means the total. Al yomar shivas. Vizeh achilak bein min bein shiva v'shivas. Let me explain, says the Maharal. V'al aklal shal shivas yomar sheimul p'nei The shivas neiros face the menorah. 
Even though not everyone is facing, because one of them is the middle one. Yomar You could still say that the candles are mul are opposite the menorah. The ones that are possible facing. That's the difference between shivas and shiva. Let me give you another example, says the Maharal. Skip a couple of lines. Line 22. Who sees the R and it was good. There was a special light, what might be called the R Haganus. The hidden light, Hashem put it away. But how was their light before Wednesday? Right? Before the sun and the moon and the stars. So some say, well, they were there, they just didn't have their place. The sun and the moon were together, so there was light. But another idea, says the Medrash, is that there was some type of special spiritual light for the first three days. And on the fourth day, that's when the luminaries, the sun and the moon, were put in place. But one minute, Haksevit says in Yeshayo, the light of the sun will be like the light, the special light of seven days. What do you mean? It wasn't seven days. It was only three days. So how could Yeshayo compare the Arachama to the Ar Shivas Hayamim? What's the answer? It's Shivas. And it could still say, I'm putting this away for Sheva Brachas. Even as, as we talk, oh, where's Sheva Brachas tonight? It's not Sheva Brachas tonight. It's one of the Sheva Brachas tonight. But we say Sheva Brachas because we're talking about one of the unit of Sheva Brachas. That is how we talk. Right, Rachman Lassan on the opposite. Oh, I'm going to pay a Shiva call, right? You're going to be there for all seven days? We're going to stay in the person's house? No. Where are they sitting Shiva? So that's a little better. They're sitting for seven days. But if I'm going to a Shiva house, I'm going to the house of there for seven, but I'm going only one of the seven. I'm going to a Sheva Brachas. Or, a little bit different, not exactly the same, and the Torah Tamima gets upset about this one, but... You know, are they up to Shmon Asrei yet? Shmon Asrei? It used to be Shmon Asrei. Now it's 19. So again, we're not, that's in the opposite direction. Small and not bigger. But sometimes a way of talking is a unit and you're not so medoctic on if, as long as the words are read together. Chas Vashon, the Torah is medoctic, meduktak. But that's how Hashem created Lashon HaKodesh. If it's a unit, you could talk that way. Something that was part of the days. We say it's the whole time. Here's what I mentioned before. The knife cuts. Only the point, the blade. Oh, this blade of the knife is a really good one. No, this knife is a good one. That's exactly what the Torah means by Shivas, says the Maral, and he ends off by saying, again, just in case we missed it at the beginning, Upirazan nearly borrowed the Ambo Sveka. 
right? He proceeds and ends off with it, a very strong uh, believer of this, of this idea. Okay, so we have three, idea, three answers to that question, and now we moving right along. Moving right along, a thought of the Grah. It's been a while. I apologize, we haven't done enough Grahs lately. But there is a Grah that's quoted in various different uh, Svarim. And we continue reading the Parsha. Vayath came Aaron, and Aaron follows suit. He lights the candles. Vizem ma'aseh ha-menorah miksha zahav. And this is the menorah, miksha zahav. It is one one piece of gold, miksha, ad yerecha, ad pircha, miksha hi. It says it again. Miksha, one unit, as Rashi says. Right? Badadis balaz, eshe shokikar zahav ha'isa, umakish bakurnis. You have a piece of gold, and you chisel it out. You can't take different pieces of gold and weld them together. It's got to be one bar of gold. Okay. And we know, though, from elsewhere, the first Rashi on the Pasuk, the word Zeh in the Torah always represents pointing to something. Clarity. By The parents have to point to the sun. Hashem tells Moshe, you see the moon? Kaviyachol points to the moon. So what's the Zeh here? So Chazal say, Moshe had a tough time figuring out how to make the menorah. Rashi, That's why it says Zeh. Hashem showed him with a finger. Obviously, not a real finger. That's, uh, but, uh, anthropomorphism. Because he had difficulty figuring out how to make the menorah. And the question is, was it so hard? As compared to all the other Caleb. Okay, it was tricky. But, you know, Pitzalel and most they were pretty smart individuals. There has to be something deeper here. They could figure out everything else. They could figure out all of the details of every other Klee. But just the menorah? Difficulty? So there's a symbolism behind it. Says the Vilna Go. Source number six. I gave it to you from the Minchas Michal, contemporary Sefer, but it's quoted in, uh, I saw in a few places. The Gra didn't write any Svarim of his own. Right? Mo- everything almost what we have is all of the, especially on Chumash, or the Talmudim of the Gra, besides the Bira Gra, on Shulchan Aruch, but anything on Chumash. The menorah symbolizes Chachma. We know the three kalim in the Heichal, the Menorah, the Shulchan, the Mizbech Azav, all symbolize something else. So Menorah symbolizes wisdom. Kimavuar Begemara. Amr Avi Yitzchak. Yachkim Yadrim. You want to become wise? Yadrim. Look to the Darom. The Menorah was on the Darom, on the south side. Right? That's what I mentioned earlier. The Minog in Shuls is to put the Menorah on the south side of the Shul like it was in the Beis Amigdash. And in the Mishkan. You want to have Parnasa? Look north. The Shulchan, the symbol of Parnasa. The Simanech, Shulchan Besafun, Umanar Bedara. Umatsinu Bigamara. So, step one, the Menorah symbolizes Chachma. Step two, we know the Gemara tells us, There are 50 levels of insight, of wisdom that were created. The Kulam Nitnu Lamoshe Milvad Echad. Moshe got to 49. Didn't get the last one. Shnei Amar, the Pazak says it to Hillim. He was a little bit. Moshe got 49. So now let's get back to the menorah. 
Chamishim Shari Bina Nir Menorah. The Menorah symbolizes these 50 levels. Shechachma, how? So we usually just run through the Parsha. We run through Tetzaveh. We run through Truma and Vayakel. But if you count up all of those Prachim and Kosot and all the other elements, Hayushiva, Hayu, I'm sorry, Biminara Hayu Shiva Kanim, there were seven Kanim, Achadesre Kaftorim, 18, Tisha Prachim, 27, Vestrim Bishnayim Giviim, and the goblets on them, 22, Sachakol, all together, the different parts of the menorah were 49. 49, Keneged Memtesh Sharibina. Right, it was 49. Moshe Rabbeinu understood 49, but he couldn't get to the final level of Chachma. The mid, the, 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 the mid branch, that's Keneged Sharachamishim. So Moshe, couldn't couldn't get the menorah again. It wasn't just building Kalim. It was building and imbuing them with sanctity, with messages forever, for eternity, for eternity. We'll get the menorah back if it's still around. We'll get so it was for eternity. And Moshe Rabbeinu, not that he couldn't build it, but he couldn't imbue it with that fiftieth level. So Hakadosh Baruch Hu had to do it for him, and that's the. Niskasheba and why he had difficulty. Okay. Moving right along. So we have the menorah, and then we have the Levium, becoming Levium. That's the next section, and Aaron and Aaron Akoin's involvement in that. And now we have Parakhtes. Parakhtes, which as we know, is the one time in the Torah that everyone has to agree. Ein muktam umuuchar patorah. Why does everybody have to agree the Torah is not written in chronological order? Not that the Torah is written out of order. No, that's, that's, uh, we can't say that because the Torah is written in perfect order. The Torah is not written in chronological order. That's ein muktam umu'uchar batorah. So we have Perak Tes of Bamidbar, which takes place before Perak Aleph of Bamidbar, because the dates are given in the Torah. Okay, Pesach Shein. That's what Perak Tes is about. So one small question that we're going to deal with, we've discussed the messages of Pesach Sheini in the past, the Lama Nigara attitude, people don't want to be left out, but there is one detail that we have not, I don't think we've touched on. So as an answer to the Pesach Sheini people, Hashem tells Moshe, tell them, okay, they want it, they got it. If somebody's Tameh, the Chulu, on this, in the second month of the 14th, meaning Pesach Sheni, they'll do it. Almatzos umuroim yochluhu. And they'll eat the Karan Pesach, not only Pesach, Matzah and Maror. They could have Chametz also in the house. But Pesach, Matzah and Maror, do it a month later. What's fascinating about this Pasik? This Pasik is quoted at the Seder. We quote this Pasik at the Seder. Everyone says it. Where is it said? When we eat korech, when we eat the sandwich, right towards the end of the uh, right of the eating before we start the meal, we say That's the pasuk that is quoted. And a question, if we now could appreciate the question. During the Seder, we might not be focused on it unless we look in the parentheses, where's the Pasuk from? Baha'aloscha. And we can say, wait a minute. Where's current Pesach in Baha'aloscha? That's not Pesach. That's Pesach Sheni. Why don't we quote a Pasuk from Parsha's bow? 
Why don't we quote a Pasuk from Carbon Pesach Rishon? Why does Hillel, Zechel Amikdash Gehillel, why do we go to Pesach from Pesach Sheni? Pesach Rishon. We're talking about, we're, we're doing the Seder, we're at the Seder. This is what Hillel said. So that's a kasha that has to be dealt with. So first we're going to have two ideas, halachic ideas, and then we're going to have one more hashkafic idea towards the end. So the first idea that Sam Sofer deals with, Sam Sofer deals with, just for background for a moment, to help us understand it. What's the machlokas between Hillel and the Chachamim? Hillel says we have to eat everything together as a sandwich. The Chachamim argue, and they say, no, you can't. Why do they argue? What's wrong with the sandwich? It'll save time. Just eat it together. What do they say? Because the Rabbanan hold, line three, mitzvos mevatlozu adzu. There are separate mitzvos. Each mitzvah, the taste of one mitzvah, will be mevatel, the taste of the other mitzvah. You can't just eat it as a sandwich. I have to eat a mitzvah. There's a mitzvah of matzah. There's a mitzvah of maror, or maybe maror is with Pesach. But there's a separate mitzvah of matzah. So you can't put them all together. So what do we do? We do both. We eat them separately or we eat them together. But that's the svara for the Rabbanon. Mitzvos mevat lo What does Hillel hold? Ain't mitzvos mevat lo zuazu. Hillel says, excuse me, no, no, don't worry about it. Mitzvos are mevat lo Let's keep that in mind. So now let's get to the answers. Again, why do we quote the Pasuk of Pesach Sheni at the Seder? Answer number one from the Chassam Sofer Posik Hador. Says the Chassam Sofer in a tshuva. It's quoted here. I gave it to you. It's a nice print from Kamosi Shal Rav. Line 12. If you think about the Pasuk that we quote here from Pesach Sheni and the Pasuk that we could have quoted from Pesach Rishon, there's a slight difference between them. The Pasuk from Barsha's bow, the end of line 12, How do you eat it? The R Pasuk is Almatzos umarorim yochluhu. Slight difference. What's the difference? The Pesach Rishon yesh mitzvus asei ba'achilas Pesach b'fnei atzmo, or mitzvus asei ba'achilas matzah b'fnei atzmo. As we know, there's a separate mitzvah on Pesach Rishon of eating carbon Pesach and of eating matzah. Matzah separate. What does the first Pesach say? Pesach Rishon almarorim yochluhu. Eat the carbon Pesach with Mara. Matzah separate. Matzos al Marorim Yochluhu. Second Pesach, Pesach Sheni, al Matzos umarorim Yochluhu. What is that telling us? Pesach Sheni has no mitzvah of Matzah. Independently. Pesach Sheni is just Pesach. And you eat that with Matzah and Mara. Unlike Pesach Rishon, which has a separate mitzvah of Matzah. Line 19. Pesach Sheni Lumatzos, Lo Rak Shein Mitzvah Miyuchedes Pachilas Hamaror, Elagama Matzah Tveilah Hila Pesach. Even Matzah is, in, is, is uh, secondary. If I'm not doing Pesach Sheni, I don't have a Mitzvah to eat Matzah. Says the Chsam Sofer, now we understand. What is Hillel trying to prove? He's trying to say, Mitzvah Ein Mavatlo Zuadzu. What did the Rabbanan say? No, you have to eat it separately. Mitzvahs are mavatel each other. Sechus sofer, no. Mitzvahs are not mavatel. Why did he call Pesach Sheni? Because says the Chassam Sofer, Hillel says, I'm not only going to bring a raya that one mitzvah doesn't knock out another mitzvah, I'm going to bring you a raya that two other 
mitzvah-related activities aren't mavatal your mitzvah. Not only does Mara not knock out Pesach, Mara and Matzah doesn't knock out Pesach. Al I'll even call Pesach Sheni. Specifically says Hillel, line 25, kaful. But that answer gives us a beautiful insight, though, just to appreciating the difference between Pesach Rishon and Pesach Sheni. Pesach Rishon has two and a half mitzvos. We have Pesach, we have Matzah, and then Marar goes with. Nobody counts Marar separately. By Pesach Sheni is one mitzvah, right? Matzah and Marar are both secondary to the carbon Pesach, number one. Second answer in the name of the Ginze Yosef, he quotes, he says, wait a minute, you know why Pesach Sheni is quoted? What happened to, between Pesach Rishon, Shmos Perak Yidbeza, and Pesach Sheni? Matan Torah. Maimon Har Sinai happened. When did laws of Bittal kick in? When did we get laws of nullification? Achrei Rabim Lahatos. That was by Maimon Har Sinai. He all can't quote a Pasuk from Parsha's boat to prove against the rabbis. The Rabbanon. They'll say that was before Matan Torah. After Matan Torah, there's a law called Bittol Barov. Bittol Betam. Pashut, says the Gidze Yosef. You can't call it. Right? But Ben Noach lo Shach Bittol Barov, line 36. It's Tavul Lechroch Yachad. Fine, first Pesach, fine, but afterwards? Those are the two Lamdish ideas. But then there's another idea just to end off with, which is more Ashkafa. I think we mentioned this in a Haggadah year about seven, eight years ago. From the Belzer Rebbe. You have in source number eight in the continuation. The Sar Shalami Bells, right? The first Belzer Rebbe asked his son, the Rebbe Yeshuami Bells, this Kasha, and he says, look at the language of Hillel's declaration. Says the Belzerebi, it's a tefillah. It's not just a zechel amigdash. As we sit there at the seder, and we still don't have a base amigdash, and we still don't have a karma pesach, we daven. As we finish off the last part of matzah, we say, L'kayim, maybe by next month we'll have a Beis HaMikdash. L'kayim ashenemar, almatzos umerorim yochluhu. We want to do Pesach Sheini. Shekavan is palagada b'lashen bakasha, line 6. Shekain atav avon oseinu arabim ein lodo karben Pesach b'foal. V'yakain on osim rakzeichel amikdash. Ulam, anu mispalim umavakshim umakavim sheyeshuas Hashem tovo karafayin. The Beis HaMikdash should be built. And then we could all give all the drushes about, oh, why right, we weren't a Pesach Rishon, we never made some English, now we do have. But says, that's the, it's a tefillah. And that's what we call Pesach Sheni. Because that's going to come before a year from now. Maybe then Mashiach will come by then. And then he discusses a little bit, is, with, uh, is it really true? Only a yachid is nidcha to Pesach Sheni, not a tzibur. So he says, in this case, even a tzibur would be nidcha. Usually a tzibur is not nidcha to Pesach Sheni because they just do a Pesach Rishon. But here, where we didn't have a base of Mikdash, we'll do a Pesach Sheni. L'kayim HaShenemar, that idea. Okay. Moving right along. In the Parsha. So we have Pesach Sheni, and then we have a visit, and we have the discussion of 
of the uh, Anan, when the Anan stopped, when the Anan moved, and how it was supposed to uh, move around. And then we have a visit from Yisro. Perak Yud, Pazach Haftes. Vayomer Moshe, Lechova, Bein Reuel, Hamidyoni, Chosein Moshe. Interestingly, that he's not called Yisro here. Right, we're up to source number nine. Right, you have to look in the, all the names of Yisro. Why Yisro is not used. Was Yisro more of a name that related to his past? And that's why he is not mentioned here. But Rashi tells us, Chobev Hu Yisro, Shenemar Mibnei Chobav Chosein Moshe. But says Moshe to Chovav, to Yisro, No simanachnu, elamakom asher amar Hashem. We're on our way. We are going. In 11 days, we're going to be in Eretz Yisrael. Osoatein lachem, the, the, the land that Hashem told us, I'm going to give it to you. Lachaitanu, feitavnu lach, come join us. Come join us. Ki Hashem diber tov al Yisrael. Because Hashem was bedaber tov al Yisrael. So we're going to focus on two points in the Pasuk. First is a marshal. First is a marshal. Let's ask it as a question. Let's ask it as a question. The man fell. The Dubnamaga does not ask this question, but maybe this is what he's trying to answer. The man fell exactly enough for each person. Each person. Each family member. The Gemara even says, not for now, but the Gemara even says that the man was able to teach us things about, oh, let's say there's a machlok about whose Eved this is. Well, whichever, wherever the man fell, next to yours, next to my house, that's how you know whose Eved it is. Right? You're not sure who the father is of a certain child. Well, see how many portions of man fell at this guy's house and that guy's house. So the man was Mavara in some cases. But the question is, was it in Moshe's authority to offer Yisro to come along with them? Did he control how much man there was going to be? Right? He said, yeah, come join us. What was he doing? Was he just relying on a Kaddish Baruch Hu? That's a question. Interesting, we never thought about that before. Right? It's not like there's an extra place to buy, to buy uh, you know, an extra sandwich. Nobody has extra. Right? If it's extra, it spoils the next day. If anybody tries to hoard it and save it. <coughs> Says the Dubna Magid. Source number, source number nine. There was a rich man that met a, a great merchant. His min The merchant says to the visiting Ashir, please come, come to my home. Wanna come over for lunch? Great. What are you serving? What are you serving? He asks the host. I tell you, you're not going to leave hungry. Don't worry about it. You're not going to leave hungry. Okay? When the time came for lunch, the comes and he brings his helper with him. He brings his servant. Excuse me? I didn't invite your, anybody with you. I invited you. Why did you bring, why'd you bring him? Why'd you bring him with you? Okay, you got upset, nothing you could do about it. He's there. He wasn't going to be Barkamsa. Or what they did to him. He wanted to show he had no bad feelings, no hard feelings. He invites him again. He invites the rich man. He says, No, you want to come for lunch? No, what are you going to, 
What are you going to serve? Shava Ashir. La Rucha Zue the merchant says, let me tell you. Agish Lucha Kikar Lechem Tari, Dagadola Fui Betanur, Lacha became a Kabel Kamanai Karit, Of Shalem Salui, goes through the whole, the whole menu. Fish and bread, everything. The Ashir says, awesome, I'll be there at the time. And this time he shows up, no servant. No servant. Well, I don't understand. Why didn't you bring the guy again? You brought him yesterday. What, yesterday you screamed at me, I'm going to bring him again? No, 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 you don't understand. There's a big difference between yesterday and today. Yesterday, I didn't tell you exactly what we were going to have. I just said, don't worry, you're going to have plenty. So you brought another guy, so I have to give him, you know, there's no limit. Because it's on me. Today I told you exactly what I'm giving you. If you brought somebody, I know that's your achrayas. I'm telling you exactly what you're going to be given. You're bringing someone, you're going to have to give them out of that. Because I didn't tell you an exact amount. So that's why you could have brought him today. I wouldn't have been upset about that. Turning over line five, Kain who gama nimshal says the Dubna Magid. Kadesh Baruch Hu Hoides Ambre Yisrael Eretz Akedosha. Vechiyachol Moshe Rabbeinu Lazminet Yisro. How do you bring Yisro? Elasim Hamagid. Meacher Shamatana Hiksuba Viyaduim Gvuloseha. He's talking about Eretz Yisrael, but I'm adding on the Mun. Yachol Moshe Rabbeinu Lazminet Misha Yirtze Ulischalekim Ob Muchanlo. Right, the Dubna Magid was bringing about Eretz Yisrael. How can he invite Yisro? He's going to give him a portion of land. Moshe, he'll take a piece of mine. But we could, we could also add about the man as well. And that's why there's a difference between a general or specific amount. And that's why the Pasuk says, we're going to the place that I said. We're going to this specific place with the borders that are known of. One idea. But there's another point in the Pasuk that the Meshachachm is bothered by. What's the second half of the Pasuk? No We're going to Eretz Yisrael. What does Moshe say? Come and we will be good to you. Why? Ki Hashem dibertov al Yisrael. What is that phrase adding? Hashem is good to the Jews. Okay, that's what he's just saying. You might not be, uh, didn't Yisrael like know that already? Right? After seeing the Makas, Kriyas Yamsuf, a lot of other great Nisim. Hashem is good to the Jews. What's being added? Says the Meshachachma. We have to remember our Rambam. If we remember our Rambam, then we'll understand. Says the Rambam in Hilchos Yisodei Torah, in source number twelve, here in Perak Yud Halacha Dalad. Says the Rambam, Divrei Haparanus Shahanavi Omer. If there is a prophet that says something is going to happen, Kigon Sheyomar Ploni Yamus Oshana Ploni Shnas Rav Omelchama VeChayotze. A prophet, a navi says that something bad is going to happen. If a Navi says something negative is going to happen, if he's proven wrong, that does not prove that he is a Navi Sheker. Because, maybe we did Shuva, maybe Hashem changed his mind, because we have more merit. But if the Navi promises something good, Vilobah Hatova Sha'amar Biadua Shu Navi Sheker. 
If a Navi says something positive, it has to come true, and if it doesn't, then the person is proved to be a Navi Sheker. Shekol davar tova, sheyigzar hakel, afilu al tnai, eno chozer. That's how you test a Navi MS or Sheker, by a davar tov in the future, not a davar ra. Says the Meshachachma, with that Rambam in mind, let's go back to the story. Yisro comes and Moshe is trying to convince him. Source 11 now, top left. Yadua. Ki HaKadosh Baruch Hu Mashadivrai De Navi Eino Choser Alatova. Rak Lerahu Choser. Right, he says that one, that whole Rambam in one line. Hashem does ever goes back on a Dover Tov. Vikan, line 5. Hamakom Asher Atein Lachem. Moshe says, Yisro, come, Hashem's giving us this land. Hura Lohem Mori Yoshiva Makom. We're going to drive out the other inhabitants. V'yuchalachzar. Right, Yisro, maybe he's thinking to himself, maybe if I go with you, it's just, we're going to get stuck in the desert. How, how do I know that we're going to go in eventually? I don't want to get stuck. Right, and it's a, it's a Davarah, because we're, they're driving out all the seven nations. How does Moshe formulate it? Hashem diber toval Yisrael. Don't focus on them, focus on us. Hashem is giving us our portion, our eternal portion. It wasn't about taking anything away, but giving. If they would have acted properly, maybe they would have gone a different land. Hashem gave Eretz Yisrael to the Jews and other lands to other countries. So we know that Girgashi left earlier, they went to Africa. Raktova al Yisrael. But Yisrael, you have nothing to worry about. Because Ki Hashem di Bertova Yisrael, Valachem lo Yirtzal Achzarmea Tova. He's not going back on the Tova, right? This is a Nevua Tova, and it is something that is here. And it will be true and have to, has to be fulfilled. Okay. To appreciate the next thought, two more thoughts for the, uh, for the evening. If we take a, a wide lens on Paragud Aleph. And again, Baloscha keeps jumping. Vayi ha'am, after the Nunan Afuchin, Vayi ben Soa, we complain, as we do often in Sefer Bamidbar. Vayam ki misonanim rabbas ne'ashem, we complain, and there's a plague, and we scream out, and Moshe saves us. Then we have the Asaf Suf. They complain, and they say, where's the meat? Where's the meat? We want meat, even though it's strange. The Gemara tells us that the mon could taste like whatever you wanted it to taste like. There's a machlokes. Did it also become the item or just taste it like the item? Tamo umamasho, tamo velo mamasho. That's a Gemara a machlokes in the Gemara. I think it's Masechus Yuma in the in the mon Gemaras. Ayin dalad, ayin hey. Those are those dafim. But either way, we found a way to complain. Zachar there was a doga. We remember the fish. All we have is this one. It's all we have. It's like mind-boggling, mind-boggling for us. But you know, we assume that we wouldn't have been, we wouldn't have been any better. So what happens? They complain. They complain. Moshe I'm skipping a few Moshe hears about it. He gets very angry. Moshe gets angry. Moshe says to Hashem, Moshe keeps going back. I told you at the snap, I didn't want to do it. I told you. I told you I didn't want to do it. Did I give birth to these my kids? How am I going to get these people meet? They complain. 
It's, it's, I can't. Unbelievable. I can't take my life, says Moshe Rabbeinu. Section one. They complain for me. Moshe says, I can't. I can't do it. What's the next section? What would we have expected? If we don't focus on this, what should have been the next section? Well, let's skip a couple of psukim for a second. Skip three psukim. Ve'ala'am tomar. Hiskachulamachar telvan tomar v'achaltem basar. Lo yomecha, lo yomayim. You're going to have a month. It's going to be coming out of your nose until the Slav comes and Hayat Hashem Tiksar, you will see. Ve'chulu. But stuck in the middle from the request and Moshe gets angry and complains before Hashem says, you will have food, we have. Pasuk Tezayin. Vayomar Hashem Moshe. Okay, Moshe says, I can't do it anymore. So it is connected, but it is interesting that before Hashem says, I'll have food for them, he first says, Moshe, you are going to create a Sanhedrin. I'll talk to you there. I'm going to help them, you share the burden with them. And, and then tell the people that they're going to eat meat for, for a long time. And then what happens? Before the slav comes. He goes to tell the Am, because that's what they want to hear. He gathers 70 men. It's the Shivim Ish, and we have Eldad Umeidad. That's where they become uh, Moshe Rabbeinu's uh, helpers in Nevuah. Yeshua Benun gets upset. Okay, and then we have the Slav towards the end of the Parsha. Ask Rav Shamshin Rafal Hirsch, what's the Hemshach? What's the flow of this Perek? That we have the complaining, and then we have. Moshe Rabbeinu giving up, and then we have appoint the Sanhedrin and tell them they're going to have meat. And Moshe appoints the Sanhedrin, and then they have the slough. What exactly is the is the message of the Sanhedrin in the middle? And also, Rav Hirsch asks, adds, why was Moshe so nervous? Moshe, this is Moshe Rabbeinu again on his level, but the mun fell every day. What meat would be so hard? Oh, oh, you could do mun, you can't do slough. Right, what's the, what's, why was Moshe so nervous? It, and he, it broke Moshe. It broke, I'm finished. In as much as, reading Refersh in 13, in as much as Hashem answered Moshe's complaint in the urgency of the moment, simply by the charge to pick out the elders and attach the injunction to tell them, he could well take it that the appointment of the elders was itself the means to give that satisfaction. There was something about appointing the Zakanim before the salvation, that is an important message for us. He could believe that this feeding of the people was the first task to which the 70 men were to render him assistance. Right? Hashem tells him, get the Shivim Zakanim, and then we're going to have the Slav. Why? What do they need it for? Let him finish with the meat and then appoint the Sanhedrin. The immediate urgency was to satisfy the people, the lack of assistance of which Moshe complained was a matter for the future. So what did it have to be done right now? So that Moshe must have assured, must have assumed that this provision was expected to lie within the sphere of the ordinary duties for him and the elders to attend to from the natural sources. Why did Moshe, even, what, he was told to get the elders 
And then, I didn't even read the Pesukim, he says, again, what? I can't, I can't, I can't. Moshe says of Hirsch thought that by the fact that there was going to be a Sanhedrin now, he was supposed to do this B'derech HaTeva. Somehow, we, the Sanhedrin and Moshe, were supposed to figure out an answer to this. And in that realm, it's impossible. We're in the desert. How can we get meat for, meat for these people? That's how Moshe first understood. They were going to help him and they were going to knock their brains and figure out a way. But Hashem is teaching Moshe Rabbeinu no. The Sanhedrin, the leaders of Klal Yisrael, when they are followed, they create Yeshuos for Klal Yisrael, even Shalom B'derech HaTeva. And this is setting the stage for the eternal position of the Sanhedrin. Skipping towards the bottom. This also gives us the reason why the election had to precede the event, which after all had the purpose of satisfying a temporary requirement to the people. Right? Why do we need this? Why do we need this Akanim earlier? Again, I'm not going to read the whole thing. According to human reckoning, the conditions seem to offer no support to the realization of the word they have to represent. Does Akanim have no tools to be able to fulfill? But Hashem was saying, you do your job. You represent me. I will be mashra shechina on you and you will be able through your schus to bring Yeshuos to Klal Yisrael, to bring the meat even from a supernatural way. Refersh continues and says, that's how we have to view. When we, Klal Yisrael, follow our leaders and we are following Ratzon Hashem and they are acting properly and we are acting properly, the Zikne Ha'am, the Ene Ha'eda, as they're called elsewhere, so then we merit even supernatural Yeshuos. And that's why Dafka says of Hirsch, in the middle of this salvation, Hashem tells Moshe to appoint the Shivim Zakain, the basis of the first Sanhedrin. Okay, and finally, the last thought for the evening, we started with Moshe Rabbeinu, and we end with Moshe Rabbeinu. Famous Pasuk, Basak tells us, V'ha'ish, even after Lashon Haro was spoken about him, V'ha'ish Moshe Anav Ma'od, the man Moshe was a tremendous anav from all the people. And the question is asked, you have in the Am Simcha here, what is that word v'ha'ish adding? V'ha'ish Moshe anav ma'od. What is that adding? Moshe anav ma'od. V'yish liyashev says the Yam Simcha. Based on, if we think about anava, the midah of anava, it is unbelievably difficult. Humility, that is not in the jargon of, of our society, or in many societies. To realize that I'm not above anybody else, to realize that everything I have is a gift from Shemayim, to realize that it's not me, I'm just a, a tool in the hand of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. That's very hard. Says the, say the Mepharshim, and he quotes a few of them. That's the emphasis. Moshe Rabbeinu did it. But he did it, but we have to realize, Ish Moshe Anamod. He was a human being just like us. He was a man. He was someone who worked on himself and succeeded. Line 27. The Pasuk tells us in Va'era, Va'tela Lois, Aaron, Ves Moshe. Only by Aaron and Moshe, it says Va'tela, Lush and Leda, to emphasize that they're human beings, unlike other religions who believe they're gods 
come from God. They're, they're gods, come from gods. Son of God. We do not believe that. We know Moshe Rabbeinu started out, as is discussed at the beginning of Sefer Shmos. His name is not even given. His parents. Um, ben Levi, Abbas Levi, to emphasize his human beginnings and endings. But he reached that 49th level of Chachma because he perfected himself. Not that he was born perfect, but he perfected himself and probably the greatest compliment that is given in the entire Torah about Moshe, it starts off with the word, because he is an inspiration for us. He's not an angel. He's not somebody from a different beginning. He was born to a mother, to a father. And he quotes the Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky that we quote often from Emesli Yaakov. The Shulchan Aruch quotes that nobody should nurse from an Egyptian, Egyptian woman's milk. Why? Moshe Rabbeinu did that. Each one of us has that potential. We have to view our lives like that. We have to view our children like that. But realize Moshe Rabbeinu started as and ended as an Ish who became an Eved Hashem. That was his his final praise that the Torah gives him in the last day of Sukkim. But we have to realize that he started off as an ish, and that's why he's a great inspiration for us. Okay, we'll stop here. The next year will be from Chutz Laaretz. Over the next couple of weeks, we will stay. Again, I will stay online a week ahead to be able to keep up with the um, B'nai Eretz Yisrael uh, weeks. Uh, but Hashem, Parshas uh, Mase is when uh, we all come together. All right, Achdus before Tishuba. Hashem, it'll be a yantif this year, but uh, Hashem, it'll be uh, it'll be put up. Okay, we'll stop here.